If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number, thing, number three. <clears throat> By the way, this might be one of those CDs I might want to listen to for humor's sake. Because, uh, you know, when you're on medication, you just never know what you might say. So, so please don't hold it against me. I would imagine I'll probably say a few good things. I might get tongue-tied once or twice too and, and just thank you for your grace towards your pastor. So um, again, guys, uh, this morning's message is one thing we must do. One thing we must do. Um, this sermon idea actually began one morning this week when I was driving to work and um, uh, the radio folks, I think we were listening to K-Love, were talking about how 2016 was a tough year for many of them. Can any of us relate? <laughs> I, I, I think individually the Senecas were very, very happy to put 2016 to bed because it was not our greatest year, okay? It was a bunch of ups and downs. There was some transition. Uh, I would think that this church was quite ready to put 2016 to bed as well because you had some ups and some downs. You, you went through a pastoral transition. That's never fun. You just It was a tough year. It really was. And, and they were talking about how the key to... Uh, uh, to overcoming a new year, walking into a new year, was found in Philippians chapter number three. And uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians tells us that, that we're supposed to, um, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind us, pressing on forward. And, and when I heard that, I, 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 it just kind of began to, to ruminate in me and, and I began to study and think about it just a little bit. So this morning, I want to take us to Philippians chapter number three, because you know what, guys, our past can hold us back. Our past, what we've been through can keep us from, from getting to the things that God has for us. So I want to challenge us today, whether your past is a glorious one or whether your past is a very forgettable one, it really doesn't matter what your past is. We all have a past. But even more importantly than that, we all have a future. And you know what? I don't know about you, but my future is much more important than my past. And I believe that the best days for Mo Seneca and his family are ahead of us. I believe the best days for this church are ahead of them. So we need to look through eyes of faith this morning. So let's just pray that the Lord would help us to do that very thing. And, and this one thing we must all do, putting our past behind us and pressing on toward the future, because that's the key to walking victoriously with the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I just ask right now that you would touch us, you'd strengthen us, you'd encourage us. And Lord, you, you would just help us this morning, Lord God, to realize that you're for us and not against us. Bless us today, Lord God. God, as we study your word in Jesus name. Amen. Philippians chapter number three, I'm going to read verses 10 through 16 in the King James, and then I'm going to read them out the message just because it just kind of brings a new look to it. Verse number 10, this is Paul writing, and this is basically Paul's testimony. This is kind of a part of Paul's testimony where he's encouraging brother, uh, brothers in the Lord. In verse number 10, he says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. <clears throat> 
If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect be thus minded and if in any way uh, and if in anything you be otherwise minded God shall reveal this even unto you nevertheless whereunto we have already attained let us walk by the same rule let us mind the same thing and then in the message it says it this way and I, I love the message it's uh, it's a paraphrase of the Bible and it says this verse number 10 I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Be a partner in his suffering. Go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on this resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I've got all this together yet, that I've made it, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ who was so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is becking us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running. I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurry vision. You'll see it yet. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Man, what a great testimony, huh? This is Paul's testimony, okay guys? And I want to challenge you today. Let's not forget the power of your testimony. There's great power in testimony. In Revelation 12 and 11, it says that they overcame by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Paul's testimony, okay? Every one of us in here have a testimony, some of our testimony is, is, is a story of glorious, glorious deliverance. It, it, it's some amazing testimony of how God has, has brought you through so very, very much. Don't forget the power of your testimony. You know, the greatest way to witness is simply tell your story. Just simply tell your story. Lindsay, tell your story, baby. God has brought you through so much. It's an amazing story. Tell that story. Don't be ashamed of what God has brought you through. Amen? Because your story, your testimony can help somebody else. You know, we shared on Wednesday night some vision and some direction for the church that we believe that God is calling this church to be a charity hospital. A place that loves unconditionally, a place that reaches out in love, a place that teaches. You know, you know Charity Hospital, it's in New Orleans. You only go there if, if your insurance stinks or you're about to die, okay? Because it's the, the best trauma center in this whole state. So you would go there if you're the most serious case. You know what, guys? God needs some churches that are charity hospitals. God needs some churches that won't turn anybody away. God needs some churches that will reach out in love and share this life-changing gospel with everybody who comes. But here's the thing about our testimony, guys. The enemy always tries to keep your mouth shut. 
I remember one time we went on a missions trip, and Chantel will remember this when, as I tell this story more. We went on a missions trip one time, and, and, and part of the thing was you had to share testimony, okay? And we had some kids in our youth group, they'd been through some stuff, okay? We had some kids in our youth group, they had the real, the real big testimony, okay? And I remember this one little girl named Jill, okay? And um, Jill was working on her testimony. And Miss Sharita, I went up to her and I said, how's it going, babe? And, and she was kind of tearing up a little bit. And she said, I don't have a testimony. I was like, wait a second, baby. You don't have a testimony. No, I, I mean, like I, I read this girl's and, and, you know, she once did this, this, and this. And now, now God saved her. And she used to drink and do all this stuff. And then God saved her. But all I ever did was grow up in church. I said, baby... Stop believing the devil's lies. Because you know, the same grace that saves you is the same grace that keeps you. The same God that's able to take you out of the world is the same God that's able to keep you out of the world. Amen? And the enemy was trying to bring that little girl's testimony down. That enemy was trying to to ruin her and trying to shape her and trying to, to get her to think that she had no testimony. But how many know I want that testimony, okay? You know, I've got a testimony that God saved me from some pretty junky stuff, okay? And many of you have that same testimony. I don't want Hunter Seneca to have that testimony, Miss Eloise. I don't want Hayden to have that testimony. You know what testimony I want for them? I want the testimony for them that they never went into the world. You know, Fabian, hey, I know your testimony, man. God has brought you through a lot of stuff. You don't want Caden to have that testimony. You want that boy to do things right, don't you? I want these two boys to do the same thing. I want my kid's testimony to be that every day I serve God. Every day, was I perfect? No. But every day, the same God that saved you and delivered you saved me and kept me. Amen? So don't forget the power of your testimony. Don't forget that. The enemies will always try to, 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 to shortchange your testimony. Because here's the deal. He knows he can't shortchange the blood of the lamb. <laughs> he knows he can't weaken that any. He knows he can't discredit Jesus any. So he'll try to discredit you. But don't believe that nonsense. Amen? Don't believe those lies, okay? But right here we were talking about Paul's testimony. And Paul had an amazing testimony. He really did. God had brought Paul through some pretty amazing stuff. Okay, in the beginning of chapter number three, he talked about how he did everything religious wise. I mean, Paul was had it together religious wise. Here's the thing about religion, though, guys, it kills. Religion doesn't bring relationship. Religion just has a whole bunch of rules and it thinks that those rules will get you closer to God. I grew up in religion. Many of you did, too. Didn't do nothing for me. Rick, did religion do anything for you? No. But when I met Jesus, it changed everything. Miss Judy, when I met Jesus, it changed everything. Amen? And all of a sudden, those rules and those regulations, they're not near as important right now. Now, do I keep the rules? Yeah, I do. Why? Because of relationship. You know what, guys? There are some rules and regulation in a marriage relationship, okay? Am I faithful to my wife because of the rules and regulations? No. I'm faithful to my wife because of my relationship with her. I love her, so because of that, I don't mind keeping the rules, okay? She's also a Cajun woman. You don't cross a Cajun woman, (laughs) okay? So here's the thing, guys. We need to remember, we need to remember that our testimony is a powerful thing. So let's look at Paul's testimony a little bit closer. Verse number 10, that I may know him, that I may know him. 
You see, Paul kind of summed it up right there. What's the most important part of our testimony? Knowing him. What is the thing that changed your life, J.D.? Knowing him. Okay? What is the thing that we need to strive for? To really know him. How do you get to know him? You read this book. You get to know him through this book. You get to know him through intimate times with him. You get to know him during times of prayer, times of fasting. You get to know him. Paul said, knowing Christ is what it's all about. You see, every relationship has its ups and downs. Consider your marriage. Who here has been married the longest? Do we have anybody in here married more than 30 years? Lift your hands. Anybody over? Okay, we have the fobs. Anybody? Okay. Anybody over 40? Keep those hands up. Okay. Anybody over 50? We hit 50 yet? Bing, bing, bing. We have some winners right over here, okay? 50 years of marriage. Give them a hand. That's pretty good stuff. Everyone watch how you answer these questions, okay? (laughs) But he's been married 50 years. He knows this, okay? Here's the deal. Hey, it's been an amazing 50 years, right? Yeah, it absolutely has. Has there been a few ups and downs? Yeah, okay. She hasn't listened every day, has she? And, and he, he doesn't listen hardly any either, does he? But here's the thing that makes it special. They're committed one to another. They realize that it's commitment that matters, okay? There's been some ups there. Think about some of the best times of your marriage. Man, how about when you had that first child? Oh, how about that first grandbaby? She was just telling me they got another great grandbaby on the way, huh? Man, grandbabies are the thing to do, huh? I mean, grandkids, if I had to do all over again, I think I'd start with grandkids. The more I hear about grandkids, that's where, that's where it's at, okay? I mean, grandkids, I can't wait to do it because you get to spoil them and send them home. Man, that's a good thing, okay? But here's the deal. There's ups and downs in relationships. Over 50 years of being married, there's been some highlights. There's been some tough times, too. There's been some times you wanted to crack that man in a skull, okay? But you didn't, thank God. Okay, there's ups and downs in every relationship. Paul realized that there's ups and downs in in your relationship with the Lord too. Because check this out, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection. Now I don't know about you, but that's a highlight. Man, when we think about the resurrection, that's a highlight. That's a big time. That's a good thing. And so many of us want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but that's not enough. And the fellowship of his sufferings. See, that's where people kind of check out sometimes, okay? I want to know Jesus as my resurrector. I want to know Jesus in all his power. I want to know Jesus when he heals me. But you know what? Also, I want to know him when he doesn't heal me either. I want to know him when I'm still not feeling great. I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. You know what, guys? When I look back at 2016, it's a tough year. It really, really was. But you know what? I probably got to know Jesus in a, in a greater depth than ever before. Because you know what? It's one thing when he answers all your prayers. Miss Dodd, isn't it wonderful when he answers all your prayers? It really is. But how about when sometimes he takes a little longer? How about sometimes when you're asking him to do something, J.D., and he doesn't quite do it on your timetable? Some people, they, go, they, they move away from the Lord when that happens. But true people of maturity, true people of faith keep drawing closer to him. They want to know him, to truly know God in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. You see, guys, 
Paul was willing to do whatever it took to know Christ intimately and to attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul had made up his mind that, you know what, I did everything religion said I could do and it didn't work for me. But I will do anything it takes to get to know this Jesus. Anything that it takes, I want to know this Jesus. And guys, that's where we got to get. That's where we got to get. That's what we need to strive for. All right. Um, Verse number 12. Not as though I had already attained or either I'm already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I'm also apprehended of Jesus. Think about this for a second. Paul admits how far short he falls of Christ's perfect example. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but but the apostle Paul was a pretty spiritual guy. Okay. The apostle Paul in my book kind of had it together. Okay. In fact, any guy who wrote half the new Testament probably has his act together. Wouldn't you agree? But Paul just admits that he doesn't have it all together. He doesn't have it all figured out. How far short does he come of Christ's perfect example? Now, if Paul comes that much short, how much shorter do we come up? Rick, how much shorter do we come up? Okay, if Jesus is here and Paul comes in right here, I'm thinking Mo and me and you come in down here. Okay, but here's the thing. Does that keep us from striving for Christ? No. Does that keep us from striving for perfection? No. Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't figured this all out. But here's one thing I do. I keep pushing. I keep pressing on. I keep going after God. Amen. Paul kept following after his God-given purpose, and you and I should learn from his example. See, Paul realized that God had called him to preach this gospel. God had called him to create new churches. God had called him to tell everybody he could about Jesus. And God's called us to do some pretty amazing things as well. Some of us, we have an idea of what God's calling us to do. Some of us are still trying to figure it out. Amen? But here's the deal, guys. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. A plan and a purpose for every one of us. And as long as there's breath in your lungs, he's not done with you yet. As long as there's breath in your lungs, Fabian, you're starting to realize now what God is is creating you to do. You're starting to realize now, wow, God, that's why I went through all that. It's starting to become clear now, but here's the deal. Whether you're in your 30s or you're in your 70s, God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen? Sister Judy, if it's nothing more than to take one more grandbaby, put them on your lap a little bit, pray over them and speak blessings over them and love on them like crazy. That's a pretty good purpose. I don't know about you. Okay? She she agrees. Okay? Hey, guys, God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. Whether it's to play that keyboard like Sister Sharita was doing today. I like that. Okay? By the way, if if you can't play the keyboard, that's not your purpose. (laughs) Okay? Um, We need more people up there, but we need you to be skilled. Okay? If you can't sing, we're not going to give you a mic. Okay? The only person who gets a mic who can't sing is me. Okay? And every now and then they'll press mute back there. Okay? Because I can't sing. Okay, but God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. And God has a plan and a purpose for you at this church. Amen. He's sending people our way to fulfill the call of God on their life. And that's what Paul said. Paul said, I want to know him. Paul realized that that he had a plan and a purpose for in his life. And he was going to do all that he could to get it done. You and I need to do the same thing. So verse 13, we see where, where this, the rubber kind of meets the road. This is the part I really want to talk about. 
Paul says, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. Basically, he just repeated what he just said. I haven't arrived yet, boys. I'm still working toward this thing too. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You know, guys, one thing we must all do is forget the past. Forgetting the past. Paul had a very spotted past. Okay, Paul had a past that was steeped in religion. Paul had a past that was going to hold him back from his walk with Christ. Paul had a past that he used to persecute the church. He, he caused Christians to lose their life. He caused great persecution on the church. So how in the world could Paul build the church? He had to overcome his past. You see, if Paul was continually looking in his past, if Paul was continuing, continually thinking, thinking, Lindsay, man, what all the bad things I once did, how could he do the good things that God was calling him to do? We need to realize that, guys, every one of us have a past, okay? Paul had a very spotted past, but he realized that this past would hinder his walk with Christ. So he had to forget it. He had to put that thing behind him. We can all relate as individuals. Guys, we all have a past, okay? And, and, and the key to our future is that we forget that past. This church has a past. Every church has a past, okay? And guys, here's the deal. It is essential for this church to forget the past. God's not the God of the past. God's the God of the future, okay? We need to realize, now, should we learn from the past? yes. Okay, people who don't learn from history are destined to repeat it. Let's learn from the past. Let's take some lessons from the past, Miss Belinda, but let's not be stuck in the past. Let's realize that we have a present right now. We have a gift from God. You know what, guys? We need to make sure that we put our past where it belongs, and that's in the past. We need to put it behind us, okay? Learn from your past, but don't let it limit you. One thing Paul said I do, forgetting those things that are behind me. You know what, guys? When you get in your car to drive home, there's going to be two things that you're going to see in your, your line of view. You're going to see the windshield. It's a big old thing, okay? If it's like mine, it's got a few little bug spots on it, okay? You got a few little stickers here or there, but it's the windshield, okay? It's a big old area. You can see a whole lot of stuff, okay? And then there's this one little small thing called the rearview mirror. Now, you know what? Is the rearview mirror important? Yeah, you want to make sure that you're not going through too fast through Patterson and, and, and a police officer's not behind you, okay? By the way, watch the speed in Patterson. You all know that, okay? Uh, but here's the thing, guys. There's a reason why your windshield is so much bigger than your rearview mirror because where you're going is more important than where you've been. Now, there's a spiritual illustration right there. Do we need to know where we've been, Miss Sherita? Yeah, we need to know where we've been. But it's much more important that we know where we're going. So every time you get in your car, guys, and you're driving around, there's a spiritual lesson for you to be reminded of, J.D., that where you're going is so much more important than where you've been. Does God care about where you've been? Yes, he does. But does God care even more about where you're going? Yes, he does. Amen. God cares about where you're going as a family. God cares about where you're going, Lindsay, as a young woman of God. God cares about where you're going as a church. Where we're going is so much more important than where we've been. And Paul said that. Paul lived that out. I know where I've been. I can't do nothing about that, but I can do something about today. I can't do nothing about persecuting the church, but I can start building the church today. I can't take back those things I said, but I can do all the good I can right now. And that's what Paul did. 
And we need to do the same thing. See, when you and I, where you and I are going is much more important than where we've been. It's simple as that. Forget the past. How do we do that? By giving it to God, both the good and the bad. Now, some of you are thinking, why would I have to give up the good? I kind of like that stuff. Well, here's the problem, guys. The bad leads to discouragement, right? Lindsay, when we think about all the bad we've done, we get a little discouraged sometimes, don't we? We're like, man, I wish I could get a do-over, okay? You can get discouraged and the enemy would build upon that, right? But when you think about all the good you've done, it's real, real easy for pride to build up and self-sufficiency and piousness and righteousness. And you think, wow, look at everything I did. Both of those will cripple you, okay? So forget the good and forget the bad, okay? Learn from them, but forget the things. Your past usually can only hinder your walk with Christ. So give it to God like the Apostle Paul did. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me. But did he stop there? No, he didn't. He said, not only do I forget those things that are behind me, but I'm reaching forth unto those things that are before. You see, Paul lived in the present and he looked to the future and so should you and I. The present is exactly that. A present from God to you to unwrap and enjoy with all of its possibilities. God wants us, God wants to use us in the present to do great things for him. But if we don't let go of our past, we won't be able to enjoy the present. True, this is true individually and it's true corporately as a church. You must believe that your best days are ahead of you. The best days of this church are ahead of her. God wants to use us in the present. Amber, God wants to use you at that school. God wants to use you in all the talents and the abilities that he's given you. He wants to use them, okay? How's he going to use them? I don't know. I'm not God, okay? But he wants to use you. Hunter, Hayden, God wants to use you, okay? We're seeing the way that he's using Hayden up there on that little box drum, okay? By the way, Sister Garland, you should have warned me about all that practice that he was going to do last night, okay? I mean, I felt like there was a teepee back, back there in the backyard, Brother Rick, because all I heard was bum, 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 bum. Boom, boom. Okay, I mean, is there smoke signals coming out somewhere? I mean, whoa, at least he's not the drummer, okay? Don't think I'd want a drummer practicing at the house, okay? But here's the deal. God wants to use us. God wants to use us right here and right now in the present. That's why it's called the present. It's a gift from God. God wants to use us right here and right now, and he wants to use every one of us. Now, is he going to use us in the same ways? No. I mean, look around, guys. We all look different, don't we? We have different talents. We have different abilities, okay? We all have different abilities to be used by God, but the key is being available to be used by God. What's the most important ability? Availability. I say it all the time in sports. I say it all the time in everything. I mean, if you're not available, you're no good to us. But the most important ability in the kingdom of God is your availability. You're saying, God, I'm available. Use me however you want. And when you have that kind of heart, that's the kind of heart Paul had. Paul said, God, I don't care how you use me. Just use me. Okay? I'm not much. I mean, you know what I used to be. And I'm only what I am today because of your grace. But Lord, if you can use anybody, use me. 
And here's the deal. When you pray those kind of prayers, Fabian, he'll start using you. Okay? When you ask those kind of requests of God, Rick, he'll start using you. Because that's the kind of God we serve. But Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth unto those things that are before. Pressing forward. Reaching forward. Guys, the best of your life is ahead of you. The best for this church is ahead of her. You got to believe that. Verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I press toward the mark. I press on. Paul never quit when things got tough. Did things get tough for Paul? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, you didn't want to ride a boat with Paul because it was probably going to get shipwrecked. You didn't want to go to a city with Paul because you were probably going to get stoned with him. Okay? Paul had it tough, guys. But no matter what he was going through, he kept pressing on. Paul never quit. He kept plodding forward. He knew what God had called him to do, and he was determined to do it. We must do likewise. Guys, we need to just make up our mind that we're going to do what God has called us to do. Guys, we've come to be your pastors and we are determined to do what God has called us to do. We are determined to lead this church to be healthy and strong once again. That's what we're determined to do. And we want you to be determined with us. Are there going to be some tough times? Yeah. But there's going to be some great times too. And that's what we look forward to. But Paul said... I press toward the mark. I press toward the prize. I go toward the end zone. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go until, until I can't go no more. That's what Paul did. And that's what you and I need to do as well. Keep pressing forward. Keep pushing on. Guys, what are we called to be as a church? A strong and a healthy church. Reaching, teaching, and sending forth into the kingdom. If you were here on Wednesday night, we talked about some of those things. We talked about what God is doing here. And guys, that's, a, that's something every one of us need to be a part of. Amen? We need to make up our minds like Paul that we're going to press forward. We're going to move forward. We're going to forget the past. We're going to learn from it. We'll take a few notes and remember a few lessons. But we're going to press forward. We're going to move on. Okay? And then finally, verses 15 and 16 talk about unity. And guys, anytime you're going to do something significant for God, you better have unity. Verse 15. Let us therefore, as many of be perfect, be thus minded. If anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Unity is essential. And it will be for our church to reach our God-given destiny. You know, think about it. In unity, something the enemy always fights against. Sister Eloise, you've been at this church for a little while now, haven't you? How many times have you seen the enemy bring division and bring turmoil into a church? He does it all the time. It's nothing new, okay? If you think the enemy has any new tricks up his sleeve, he doesn't, okay? God is the creative one, okay? The enemy doesn't create nothing. He uses the same old tricks, J.D. So guess what? In the midst of God trying to do something, the enemy is going to try to bring division. The enemy is going to try to stir up some mess, okay? He's going to try to stir up some drama. Don't fall for his tricks. Amen? Make up your mind, Sister Josie, that we're in this thing together. Make up your mind that the excitement that you've got going on now, and I can tell because I read your Facebook, 
By the way, I read everybody's Facebook, so you got to watch what you post. Okay? Sometimes you think the Holy Ghost is telling me, no, you just said it on Facebook. Okay? So, so here's the thing, guys. Um, let's make sure that unity and that excitement that we have right now, we keep. And how do we keep it? We just keep pressing on. We just stay focused on what God is trying to do. Amen? God's trying to do something amazing in this community. He's trying to do something amazing again in this church. Let's believe him to do it. Amen? So how do we do it? We forget the past and we press on. How do you live a victorious Christian life, Jennifer? You forget the past and you press on. How do you have a a 50-year-plus marriage You forget the past and you press on. You forgive him for being hard-headed, okay? And and, and Brother Herb, you just love her even though she's hard-headed, okay? You you, You just keep on pressing on, amen? It works in marriages. It works in churches. It just works. This one thing I do, Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward the mark. I press toward the prize. Guys, what's the prize? Obviously, the prize is heaven. But you know what? There's some smaller prizes along the way. There's some prizes, I believe, for this church. We're going to see this church full again. We're going to see God do some great things in this church again. And he's going to use people like you and me to get it done. That's really pretty cool.